Heinemann Podcast is a production of Heinemann Publishing. Heinemann is a provider of resources written by real teachers for real classrooms. Heinemann values teachers as decision makers and students as curious learners. Discover the path to lifelong professional learning at Heinemann.com. Heinemann is dedicated to teachers. I'm Brett from Heinemann. Today on the Heinemann Podcast, we're making sense of comprehension. In Understanding Texts and Readers, New York Times bestselling author Jennifer Saravalo narrows the distance between assessment and instruction and simplifies text complexity and clarifies comprehension instruction. She starts by untangling the many threads of comprehension, levels, engagement, stamina, the relevance of texts, and more. Our conversation begins with Jen's journey through moving beyond levels. I always, as a classroom teacher, taught in a reading workshop where I devoted a large chunk of time. In third grade, it was like 45 minutes of independent reading with conferring and small group instruction. In the younger grades, it was a little bit less, but a good chunk of time to letting kids read self-selected books, ideally books that were appropriate for them, books that they could read with comprehension, accuracy, and fluency. And the teacher's job was to confer. And I just found that it's very hard to have a good conference if you don't know something about what the kid has in their hands. You don't though need to know the book or you don't need to have read the book. You need to know some things about children's literature. So levels are sort of a shortcut to get some sense of what's this book gonna have in it even if I haven't read it myself. So it's that and it's also working with a lot of teachers. A lot of teachers who inherit a classroom library of 500 books and they haven't read any of them and they're trying to talk to kids about their books. It's uh, me working in a classroom with a kid I've never met, reading a book I've never read, and figuring out what they need pretty quickly, and teachers saying, how did you do that? And me thinking, how did I do that? What I did was I read a lot of children's books, I studied Foundess and Pinnell, I, I learned about text levels, and I used that you know, as sort of a crutch to help me through when I haven't read the specific book that the child's reading. And I've also seen that There is a lot of power in making sure that we're picking the right strategies to teach kids when we do know levels. So in the reading strategies book, I have, you know, the marginal note with the level range that each strategy is recommended for. The reason I know that is because I've I've studied text levels and I want to share that information with teachers too so that they know it. So it's not a secret why strategy 4.16 works with levels L through M. I don't know. That's probably not right, but you know, we get what I mean. Um, I want them to understand, oh yeah, I can see why you would teach this particular strategy for kids reading books around this level. That makes sense based on what I know about the text themselves. So um, I want to make it accessible. Text complexity can start to feel really complex. Mm -hmm. And I feel like one of the things I hope to do for teachers is make things feel doable. (laughs) make it feel possible. You know, a reader comes to a text and the text comes to the reader and it's through that transaction that meaning is made. So I explore the different things that we need to understand about kids as they come to the book, Um, things like their background knowledge and their interests and their culture and their language. And then what we can know about texts based on the plots and the characters and the themes and the main ideas and the details and bring that together to really um, explain comprehension in a more clear way. How does this book take what you've done in the Reading Strategies book and sort of deepen that learning? So in the Reading Strategies book, there's this hierarchy of goals that sort of forms the backbone of the book. There's chapters for each of the different goals, and there's a list of strategies within each chapter. So everything from engagement to print work to fluency to 
plot and setting to key details and, and so on. And truthfully, all those categories are really about making meaning, right? You can't read the print without understanding what's going on in the story. You can't read fluently and, and reflect the character's emotion in a story without understanding what's going on. You can't be engaged unless you really are understanding the story. It all has to do with comprehension and understanding. Um, in this book, um, Understanding Text and Readers, I take a much deeper dive into those eight categories that are underneath the umbrella of comprehension on that hierarchy. And it really expands upon and deepens it. So in the Reading Strategies book, if you open up the plot and setting chapter, you'll see, you know, I don't know, 26 different strategies for helping kids to understand the plot. And in the margin, there's a level range, a recommended level range. And I, those level ranges came from my own understanding of what texts have in them. So for example, a strategy that helps kids to retell sequentially across five fingers is going to be most helpful for kids that are reading texts that have a sequential plot. But once texts get more complicated or the plots get more complicated and we see flashbacks and foreshadowing and multiple plot lines, kids need strategies to help them deal with those different aspects of the plot. So I have, you know, in reading strategies, the, those level ranges called out for teachers so that they can know wh who it's going to work for and what text it's going to work for. In understanding text and readers, I go deeper and help teachers kind of behind the curtain, help them kind of understand, how did I know that, right? What is the information I'm bringing to my creation of strategies and bringing to uh, my, my discussion of comprehension that they can rely on as well in the reading classroom? What really jumped out at me is this relationship between length and complexity and how it plays into comprehension. How does it do that? How does length and complexity play into comprehension? Well, I had these experiences working with kids who on whatever comprehension assessment we'd used seemed to be getting it. And then when they were sitting with their independent reading text that they'd selected themselves, that was a whole work of fiction or a whole work of nonfiction, I felt like their comprehension was not all there. And so one of the things I started to realize was that the task of reading a short passage, whether it's on a standardized test where you read a short passage and answer multiple choice questions, or on a running record assessment like the DRA or the benchmark assessment, we've got the short passage, or in the case of the DRA, a book that's a short form book written for the purpose of that assessment where kids read it out loud and then they have a few comprehension questions. That gives one snapshot of a student's understanding. But when they get to a full-length work, whether it's a novel or it's a, a nonfiction text that has multiple chapters in it, the work of the reader is different. In fiction, you have to synthesize information about a character across a whole story. Sometimes you get introduced to one character early on in the text, so you don't meet them till several chapters later, and you have to remember what, uh, what the author introduced about that character and bring it back uh, out when you get to later in, on in the story. You've got, as I said already, multiple plot lines. You've got themes and messages and lessons that are woven throughout the whole entire text. These are things that just can't be assessed in a short text. Likewise, in nonfiction, a lot of times when you get into more complicated nonfiction that kids are reading it throughout elementary school, you've got multiple chapters. Each chapter has its own main idea with a set of key details. You've got lots of vocabulary and key terms that, that all relate to each other. You've got busy pages with multiple text features that readers need to all put together. How they're doing that just can't be assessed in a short text. And so I think we need to look at kids' comprehension along different kinds of texts and along different kinds of tasks. And the way that they're handling short texts and long texts for a certain reader um, it may be very different. And we need to have that whole picture of the reader to really support their comprehension. You talk about variables that teachers need to consider when matching kids to books and when supporting comprehension. Can you explain more about that? 
I think that there are a lot of variables that teachers need to consider from the perspective of readers and from texts. So um, there's a misconception out there that we give kids a comprehension assessment or a reading assessment, and from that assessment we determine a single level that that child is able to read. Right? It's because they read it with accuracy, fluency, and with comprehension, check, this child can read at this level. But the truth is, it's much more complicated than that. There's a lot of variables that come to play, come into play. So variables from the text perspective, like what topic the text deals with, and then from the reader's perspective, what kind of background knowledge they bring to the text. A kid who loves dinosaurs and spends every weekend at the Museum of Natural History can probably read a much harder text with comprehension if it's about dinosaurs mm. than a same genre text of the same length and of the same you know, level about a topic that they don't know very much about. Things like interest and motivation. The kid really wants to read a book we might probably can all think of our childhoods where we read a book that was way harder than what we typically read, but because we were motivated to read it, because we were interested, because it had, I don't know, pure capital, right? Our friends were reading it and we wanted to talk to them about it. We were able to persevere through that book. We adjusted our reading rate. We talked with others. We found a way to read a book that was otherwise too hard. Cultural relevancy of the text, right? This is very well established as well. The more relevant a text is to the reader, the more they're going to be able to understand it and probably also the more they're going to be engaged with it. There's so many variables, right? And so I think we need to make sure that when we're looking at making reader text matches and helping kids to find books, that we're not just pigeonholing them to just one kind of book or to just one level of text, that, but that we understand the, the variety of different variables that kids bring to the book and that the books have within them as well. You write, use, don't abuse levels, and yeah. you say that the language that we use around levels is very crucial. I'm not the first person to talk about this. I think there's been a lot of conversation on social media. A lot of blog posts have been written about how you know you don't say to kids that you're an M reader. They would be very careful not to use labels and levels when referring to children. I totally agree with that. So I suggest in the book some simple shifts that are can make a really big difference. So instead of saying to a child, you can't read that book, it's not your level, instead saying something like, that book's going to be a little harder than the books that you tend to choose, so let's figure out a way that you can um, find some ways to support yourself as you read. Are you going to read it with a friend? Are you going to read it with me? I never say to a kid, you can't read that book, that's too easy, it's below your level. Right? Instead, I might say something like, you know what, honestly, I like to read some books sometimes that are a little bit comfortable for me. <laughs> this is one of those books. Just make sure that across the week you also choose some books where you'll be able to practice work on your reading goal. Having a knowledge of text levels and having a sense of what kids are getting into as they read harder and harder books I think is really important information for the teacher. But it needs to be that we say things to kids in a way that, that acknowledges all those variables I talked about before, right? That kids do not have one level that's, that's incorrect thinking. Um, and even a couple of books at the same level are different. That, you know, one, one could be leveled that because the vocabulary is more challenging, and another book at that same level might have easier vocabulary but harder themes and concepts that you're dealing with. But let's stick with levels for a little bit, because really that is the meat of understanding text and readers. Talk a little bit about how you've organized parts two and three of understanding text and readers around levels, the design that you thought about as you wrote that section, and just sort of the level-by-level -level guide, and then the goals. The book is divided into four parts. Uh, part one gives you just sort of an introduction to this 
challenge that we have as teachers of untangling all the reader variables and the text variables in understanding readers and understanding what comprehension means. And I, I explore the basis of my thinking, the proficient reader research that many people know about from Steph Harvey's work or from Mosaic of Thought, Ellen Keen and Susan Zimmerman, and kind of talk about the foundations on which I'm, I'm basing my, my recommendations. That's a short beginning. And then parts two and three are really taking a deep look at fiction for part two and a deep look at nonfiction for part three. And then part four brings all that knowledge into the classroom to inform assessment and teaching, choosing strategies, choosing methods, and helping kids to get set up with goals. So you asked about parts two and three. <laughs> part two, fiction. The first half uh, is a level-by-level -level guide. And what you're going to see is a, a nice spread for every level from J through W. And I focused on J through W because I feel like J is the first level where we need, really need to be looking more in a more complex way at comprehension and looking at those goals, plot and setting, character, vocabulary, theme. Um, and I stop at W because by that point, kids are well into middle school. And I find that kids in X, Y, Z who are reading those levels of text are a little bit more flexible and fluid. So these are the levels where I really feel like we need to be really focused on levels and really understanding what the texts have in them um, so we can support readers. So you'll see a level-by-level -level guide on a spread that looks at those four different categories and look-fors of what to look for in student comprehension. And then you'll see a skill-by-skill -skill spread. So I'll take plot and setting retelling and you'll look across a two-page two spread at how the responses for retelling grow. And then you'll look at a two-page spread for understanding cause and effect and how the responses grow throughout harder and harder books and so on. Same thing for nonfiction, level by levels and then skill by skill spreads. A really a national trend has been to get more books into every classroom, which is so important. My classroom libraries for many years now have been very popular recommendations for getting more and more text in the, into the classroom, making independent reading a bigger part of the literacy block, things I can really um, appreciate and get behind. And I've just met a lot of teachers in my travels who say to me, I haven't read my whole classroom library. I don't know the books the kids are reading. And it becomes even more panic in teachers' voices when you're talking to fourth grade teachers, fifth grade teachers, sixth grade teachers, but I haven't read the books. How do I know if they're getting it? And so I just really want to give teachers something to hang their hat on, mm -hmm. to say, it's okay that you haven't read Freak the Mighty, although I hope you do because it's a really good book. <laughs> it's okay you haven't read that book, but here are some things about level W texts that are pretty tried and true. So that when you sit down with a child reading Freak the Mighty, you know, you can kind of work your way through the conference. You know what kind of questions to ask. You know what things to expect of their response. You know what a good retelling sounds like. You know what a good character response sounds like because you've got some um, sense of the level. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping people find it like very practical um, and something that they can have and reference as they're working with kids. Why is it so important for teachers to be in regular conversations with children about their reading? Kids are always changing. You've got a kid who suddenly develops a new interest and is all in on a topic. And if you're not talking to them, you're going to miss it. Kids read um, you know, a series, and that series can set them up to read other books that are, are in a similar genre or something by that same author. It's, it's all so fluid. And that's why I think that conferring is really the heart of everything, that if you're not meeting with kids regularly to talk to them, see how they make sense of one book versus another book, how they're handling this genre versus that genre, um, even what their attitude like is like toward reading. You can get, I mean, I even as a reader, as an adult myself, I get into reading funks. I have periods of time where I just can't find a good book and time when I, when I uh, 
you know, when I, I can't get enough reading time in and I'm constantly got my nose in a book. And so things change like that, uh, you know, week to week. And so regular conversations with kids helps you understand what they bring to the book, helps you look carefully at the books that they're choosing, um, and helps you think about their how they're evolving um, as they comprehend those books. My thanks to Jen Saravala for her time today. You can learn much more about understanding text and readers by visiting the new Jen Saravalo section of our website, Heinemann.com slash Jennifer Saravalo or Heinemann.com slash Saravalo. Be sure to also listen to Jen's other podcast on understanding text and readers, where she gives us a read aloud of the introduction chapter. Also, be sure to join the Reading and Writing Strategies group. You can search for that on Facebook, or you can check out a link to that on anime.com slash You can also follow Jennifer on Twitter at jsaravalo. Thanks for listening.